Ja. Ek wil sommer net, uh, voordat ons begin, wil ek net hierdie twee, twee mense op die verhoog eer, hierdie twee mamas. Um, ek denk, ek denk mens kan, mens kan kyk en dan kan jy sê, shoot, die twee op die dromme is miskien bykie distracting, maar, maar, as jy besef dat het twee mamas is met twee jong kinderkies, wat nog steeds die prijs betaal, <laughs> wil hy by my wees, <laughs> Moet nie, moet nie beindruk wees en denk hy roep my nie, dis al wat ek kan sê. <laughs> ja. ja, so ek denk, ek denk wat ons eindelijk vir oogend gesien het op die verhoog, is eindelijk vir my een mooi prentje van, partij keer is het moeilik om jezelf te offer, jezelf te gee, en partij keer sê ons vir onszelf, as het makkelijker is, as my leven bykie makkelijker is, dan sal ek myself kom gee. Uh, jy weet, as, as my kind universiteit toe is, dan, dan is my handen loser om te help. Of as my kind net kinderkerk toe kan gaan, dan is ek loser om te help. Of as my financiële situasie verander, miskien is ek dan op een plek wat ek my huis kan oopmaak vir ander mense. En ek denk dan mis mens, die heren het nog steeds kruis op jou, maar dan mis mens partij keer die vreugde wat jy het, uh, wanneer jy die herense vreugde ervaar, as jy nie nog steeds jouself gee, met wat jy het, met waar jy is, nee, want die versoeking kan makkelijk wees vir een mama, om nou te sê, sjoe, my kind, hy al so baie na die tijd, so, kan ek net vir een rikkie, los my net een bykie uit, kan ek een bykie terugstaan, daar is die versoeking, maar, as jy dit in die context sien, dat Jesus het als gegeen, selfs toe dit ongemakkelijk was, selfs toe dit een groot prijs was, selfs toe hy nie geweet het, wie op dit gaan reageer het, het hy homself gegeen, Dit is, het, dit is so'n mooi prentje vir ons. So ek wil hy, mama's eer, Susanne, hulle het vanochtend al 7 uur gerei, hulle het hulle kinders by die kerk kom kospoor. Jy kan sê vir my, ek het geen verskoning nie. <laughs> ek het geen verskoning nie. So, ek wil vanochtend, voordat ek begin met die woord, wil ek hierdie, wil ek hierdie prentje deel, Len het laatst week ook iets in diezelfde lijn genoem, maar ek het hierdie week, het ek my sproeiers bykie getoets. En omdat ek het lang klaas, net om te kyk waar, want as die son nou begin skyn, dan moet ek seker maak dat oorhal waar water moet wees, moet water wees, anders gaan die plankies nie lang hou nie. En toe ek die sproeier oopgemaak het, het het lang geneem, voordat die sproeiers begin loop het. En die rede daarvoor was, die pijpe binnen moet eers vol wees. En toe het ek een paar, en toe uiteindelik na een paar, na een half minuut, na een minuut se kant toe, toe uiteindelik het die, dit wat jy kon sien, uiteindelik het die sproeiers water begin gee, en toe het ek een paar goedkies recht gemaakt, en toe ek hier een paar uh, sproeierkoppies opgesit, en hier recht gemaakt, en hier so waar die water net opspuit, het ek iets op hulle gesit, en toe ek weer die sproeier oopmaak, toe sal dadelijk water. En die rede was, die pijp aan die binnenkant was reeds vol water gewees. Was reeds vol water. So toe die kraan oopgedraai word, was dat dadelijk een fysische uh, manifestatie van dit wat binnen was. En so ook met ons geestelike levens, as ons nie al reeds volkom op een sondag ochend nie, dan gaan ons ons moet uh, op ongezonde maniere probeer kickstart, probeer so, ek, moet nie, ek kom nie in die ding in nie, en oh, ek moet eers volloop voordat ek kan gee, en die aanmoediging is, en dis waar die woord van ochend gaan, is, hoe lijkt dit aan die binnenkant van die pijp? Nie as die, as die sproeier lang genoeg aan is, ontvang jy en werk hier het dier jou nie, maar hoe vol is die pijp? 
Bijbel is die tyd. So vandag so woord is, uh, hoe gaan dit in die geheime plek? How is it going in the secret place? Iemand het een keer hierdie gesê, en dit het my leven verander in termen van hoe ek myself gee. Um, en die prentjie wat hy gebruik het, verdeel jyself, jy is bezig om op te tree, en daar sit net een persoon in jou woord. En dat persoon is Jesus. Daar is net een persoon in jou woord. Niemand anders nie. En dit het my, dit daag my motieve uit, vir hoekom ek dit doen. Hoe ek myself gee. Tot wat er mate ek opoffer. Want as dit vir mense was, dan kan ek miskien myself rechtvaardig, want dat persoon verdien het nie. Nee, hy verdien nie my opoffering nie, of hierdie persoon verdien nie dat ek my huis oopmaak nie, of hierdie persoon verdien nie dat, dat ek hulle bles nie. Maar as jy sien die rede hoekom jy dit doen, is een persoon in jou gehoor, dan verander dit die story. Dan verander dit hoe ek myself gee, en hoekom ek myself gee. So as ek vir jou vandag sal vraag, hoekom kom jy kerk toe? Ek vraag er ook vir Ezra hierdie vraag, en dit is eigenlijk goed om vir jou kinders en vir mekaar te vraag, hoekom kom jy? Hoekom lees ek bybel? Hoekom bid ek? Hoekom gee ek? Hoekom is ek opofferend lief vir ander mense? Sorry, Nancy, <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> I'm gonna speak English. So, why at a will, at a whim, am I willing to go English so that one one person might understand? Why do we make the sacrifices we make? And the answer is, if we live for the audience of one, it becomes easy. If we live that Christ is in the audience and he is the only one that I'm giving myself for, then it differs if uh, uh, if Greg deserves love or not, I will give it. Because actually I'm not giving it to him. I'm actually worshiping God in the way that I'm treating him. I'm actually worshiping God in the way that I'm giving of myself, of my finances. I'm actually worshiping God in the process. It's very important. So, yeah, I, th- I think this is this is maybe a very crucial um, crucial s- a scripture that I want to read to us in Matthew 25, verse 21. Uh, that's that's Matthew 6. You can just just hold on, Gary. Uh, it's about uh, it's about a parable that Jesus tells about you will give different talents to different people. And that's not talent like I can kick a ball or I can speak well. Uh, it actually referred to money. It was a parable. And then he says some of the uh, uh, servants did well. They multiplied the talents. They did well with it. And then a very crucial part of the story is where the master calls the servants and says, come, give an account of your stewardship. Give an account of how you did with what was given unto you. Give an account. And that's such a picture for me, for I'm living for the audience of one. And did you know that all of us, every single one sitting in this room, will one day give an account to the master. Give an account to the master. And I've, I've meditated on this so much. Um, so, so, so many of us have a medical aid. We make preparations, we plan one day that something might happen. We plan for uh, maybe putting away money for pension because there will be one day and maybe I won't be able to work. We save because maybe one day there will be uh, a place where we do there, where there's an emergency and we do not have money. Actually, we put ourselves in a place where we're always planning for the day 
But how are we preparing for that day that we're going to stand in front of a master and we're going to say, give an account of your stewardship. Give an account. Give an account of how well you did. Did you live in the light? Did you give yourself in love? Did you honor others above yourselves? Give an account of your stewardship. How did you use what was given unto you? And so this is an important part. One day when, when, when I stand in front of the master, I do not want him to say he saw faith as a checklist of things that you had to do. But rather that he would see me, uh, uh, see it as a, uh, for me, that the reason I gave myself is because I loved, uh, loved the person. I loved the person of Christ. I didn't follow principles, but that I followed the Christ. That I didn't, uh, uh, do these things just to seem holy. But I did these things because I saw that he was holy. And we need to position ourselves. We need to live for that one day. And what did we just sing? The riches of this world will fail. They will fall, it will fade. But the treasures of our God will remain. What are we living for? Are we living for the treasures of this world? Are we living for the things that will fade? Or are we living for the Christ? So uh, having little children, everybody who has had little children or who have ever had little children will know this, that sometimes you must refocus your child's attention to what is important. <laughs> sometimes, and it's very quickly that they will drift and look away. So for me, a simple example is um, Ezra was starting to play cricket together, but his attention span is really short. So it's very quickly that he drifts and he wants to play something else. Like, hey, you must be ready. Go stand in front of the wickets. I'm going to bowl. Here comes the ball. Look at the ball. <laughs> so, and then quickly he drifts again. And we are the same. Sometimes uh, my dad, I remember, he used to <laughs> take my head like this and say, cake da, <laughs> look there. And sometimes we do the same in our spiritual lives, right? We tend to drift like Peter looking at the waves, like Judas looking at the money. We tend to drift to, to things that are not important, to things that, are, that don't have eternal value. And sometimes we focus our entire lives to prepare for the day that somebody else might die or prepare ourselves a day that we might not work again. But we do not spend the time to prepare for that day that we will stand in front of the master and the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he would ask us, give, us, give me an account as lord. Give me an account of your stewardship. How did you do? How did you do? Did you live for others? Did you live for yourself? Or did you live for me? And so just to give some flesh around this, uh, I want to go to, uh, to a piece of scripture in Matthew 6. It's where Jesus, uh, uh, um, he teaches his disciples about three very important parts. It was actually the three, for context, it was the three most important parts of being a Jew, the three most important duties. It was in the area of giving, in the area of praying, and the area of fasting. So what Jesus does is he teaches his disciples how to do these things. But then he also, <laughs> sort of in a, almost like a teacher, uh, I used to be a teacher, so I, I would sometimes, not in a good way, you would say, don't do it that way. Sometimes when you see a bad example, you would say, guys, that's actually not how we do it. <laughs> and what Jesus says, look at the Pharisees. Don't do it that way. 
look how they fast, look how they pray, look how they give. Don't do it that way. I, sh- I, I want to show you a better way. And so I actually just want to read through that uh, uh, portion of, um, of Scripture um, this morning. But before I do that, I just want to say this. Um, that sometimes we use this, the fact that the master sees what is done in the secret, that terrifies us, right? <laughs> but you know, that should actually also comfort us. Do you know that? That should encourage us. Because the master sees everything done in secret. Even the good things you do. Even the places where you keep on praying for your unbelieving father or your unbelieving son. The places where you keep on giving anonymously. And you say, yeah, I just want to just feel like giving an envelope of money and sliding it under the door. And nobody ever needs to know we gave. They don't have to know. The master sees that. Every every time when I do something in secret, every time when I endure uh, evil for the sake of God, the master sees it. Every time that I say, listen, I can actually justify myself in front of you now, but I just don't want to. The master sees that sacrifice. He sees every sacrifice made in secret. He sees it, and that should encourage us mightily to keep on giving ourselves. You know, it, uh, he sees it when you are serving in the secret, when you're coming early in the mornings when nobody else is here, and you don't get rewarded for it. You don't get paid. You don't get encouraged. Nobody sees it, but he sees it. He sees it when you give yourself. And I, I remember that being the biggest joy for me is coming earlier on Sunday morning to say, Jesus, nobody asked me to be here. I want to be here. And I want to look. I want to see where can I help? What can I do? Who was supposed to be here this morning that is sick? How can I fill in? How can I step into the gaps? It used to be the biggest joy for me. To come and say, Lord, actually nobody asked me to do this. Nobody asked me, why don't you go encourage Greg? It's just the Lord. I'm doing it unto him, but I'm doing it for Jesus. Can we remember that? That we do not do things for the applause of men. And also, we don't do things so that we might congratulate ourselves. (laughs) We do that, right? Say, oh, I'm actually such a good person. (laughs) We tend to do that. And then we miss it because it's not about us. And it's not about the applause of men because in our audience, there's one. There ought to be one. And we need to direct our gaze. There's one. I'm living for one. I'm living for one. Okay, so let's, let's read that scripture. And can I say this? Just the context of it. So um, here's an interesting part. Jesus didn't say the Pharisees give an in an unhealthy way, they fast in an unhealthy way, and they pray in ways that are unhealthy. So I'd rather have you not pray, not give, and not fast. Jesus doesn't say that at all. But what he does is he purifies the motives of of his disciples. And in a sense, that's what in our hearts this morning needs to be purified with regards to the way that we give ourselves to our Lord. Actually, our motive needs to be purified. And also, I just want to say this on that point. Sometimes people would say, okay, but when I give, I don't give out of the right motive. So actually, I give to be seen. So I'm not going to give anymore. Actually, <laughs> you're deceiving yourself. <laughs> actually. Oh, when I pray, 
it's only about my needs, so I'm not going to pray anymore. Actually, you're deceiving yourself. Because the word devotion actually means give yourself if you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, until you feel like it. Okay, so that's what devotion means. And you see that the first disciples in Acts 2, they gave themselves. No, they didn't give, give themselves. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to prayer, to communion, to preaching the gospel, to getting together. They devoted themselves to these things. It, when they felt like it, when they didn't feel like it, until they felt like it. So I just want to lay that as a foundation for us as well. Don't try to uh, outwit God because you can't. <laughs> you can't. You're only deceiving yourself. So let's read, read that scripture. Be careful not to practice your righteousness. I'm going to read it and then talk to him. Be careful. Be, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, and just, just see that, not if you give to the needy, when you give to the needy. Sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Now, we don't have that problem, right? We won't be raising any trumpets. But we, in that time, they had trumpet. Today, we might have Facebook. Or today, we might have a place where we can uh, announce how good we are. <laughs> we can announce, yo, look what, look what we did this weekend, man. Yo, we, 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 we took a couple of people away. And uh, look, look, look at these poor people. Look how we fed them. Look how glad they are. Yo, aren't, we, aren't we holy? Aren't we good? And then I also w just want to say this. That sometimes people get, get weird about this, <laughs> that thing about then you have lost your reward. So now nobody even <laughs> no, nobody can ever know <laughs> what you did because then you would lose your reward. So if I honor uh, Bart for something that he did onto somebody else, he would say, no, no, don't say, I'm going to lose my reward. But actually, that's not the point of this. If you did it for a reward, if your motive was to be rewarded by the applause of men, that's when you lose your reward. And Jesus actually says, you know, if you did it for men to be by uh, applauded by men, actually enjoy the applause because that's all you're going to get. But if you did it out of a pure heart and a motive to serve the Lord Jesus and somebody happens to find out and honor you for it, accept it. <laughs> you haven't lost your reward. Because even if they said, sure, that was something godly, you know, I, I saw what you did. I saw the sacrifice. But his reward isn't lost in the process because it's still done unto Jesus. It's still done for the audience of one. Okay. Continue the reading. That they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I want to say this in that time when you get giving was a very public thing and praying for that matter and fasting for that matter. That's why Jesus taught on this. It was very public. And so, hulle so voor en toe gekom het en hulle, jy weet, hulle sakkies vol geld of so gebring het en dan sal allemaal sien, sure, look how much that guy gave. He must be holy. And today I must say we have the privilege 
of having something like an EFP because there is something very anonymous about it. You know, we, 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 we don't, uh, in the physical, you can sit here and be the biggest giver of all of us and nobody would know it because actually you're not giving it so that people would say, actually, that Johanna, he, he, he does give sacrificially, you know. He doesn't just teach it, he, he gives sacrificially. We don't know. I ju just want to say that gives new temptations because now you would think, oh, nobody would know if I didn't give, so I'm not going to give. So that's the new test. But at least we're not in this place where we would say, I want to give because I want to be noticed when we're missing it because we're not living for the praise of man. So that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. That is the most comforting and you see, Jesus will repeat that. The Father who sees in secret, who sees your heart, he sees your motives, he sees the way in which you give yourself, he will reward you. And actually, he won't reward you with material things. Sometimes we think, okay, that's, that's what's happening. Okay, I will give 10 rand, I will give, get back 20. You know, almost like God is a vending machine. I will put something in and then I will get something out. And if I don't get something out, the machine must be broken. You know, and sometimes we do that. We say, I gave in faith and I haven't received anything back. And then people would say, yeah, you haven't had enough faith. Maybe you must have more faith. Your faith is broken. Or actually, you have sin in your life. You must repent of that and then you will get your reward. They say, come on and bless the ministry. God doesn't work that way because he's not a principle. He's not a machine. He's a person. And he's a father. And the father always gives you exactly what you need. And sometimes <laughs> you need to be withheld from, from a material blessing so that he can purify and test your heart so that you can love him. So that it won't be about what you get in return of your giving, but actually that it would be unto him and for him alone. And so can I say this? Something that really purifies your motives is when nobody sees what you're doing. That purifies your motive. If you give yourself in a, uh, and I had this week where I had to give myself for a family member and um, I just, afterwards, I, I really gave a lot of time and it really didn't have the fruit that I thought or wished that it would have. And just driving back, I remember almost feeling, okay, I actually wanted to tell them, hey, why are you not appreciating what I'm doing here, and I just felt the Lord whisper into my heart, aren't you preaching <laughs> about the Father in heaven who will reward you, not the people on earth? <laughs> that will test you. The other thing that will purify your motives is when things aren't as good as you thought they would be. So, uh, it purifies your motives of, of uh, if you come to church and, and it's booming, you know, we are, every week we are growing by 10 people and we are moving places, we are moving to a different building and there are, uh, on the cards, there's a place where we can say there's a different congregation that we're going to plant out of this congregation in the Dwerings. That's exciting. And sometimes you can come for that and for that alone. But did you know that sometimes there would be a season where God is pruning heavily and we would feel, where actually it feels like we are bleeding. <laughs> it actually feels like we are listening and oh, the preaching isn't that anointed anymore. It doesn't feel that way. And oh, the worship, it feels flat. And the announcement, the guy, man, he doesn't look happy to be here. 
And then the Lord tests your motive for being here. Because then you can't come for any other reason but for Christ. Then you're only coming for Him. That will test your motive. (laughs) Are you with me? (laughs) We're doing this for Him, not for us. I remember Celia saying this once. It was so beautiful. Now, Celia is an is a, is a English lady who, uh, she, she has uh, been honest about it, like Afrikaans is sometimes a battle, especially when we are excited and we get to speak quickly or we tell jokes. That's sometimes difficult for her. She's like, <laughs> so sometimes we have a community question and everybody get a, gets a chance. And when it gets to her, she's like, can you say the question in English, please? That's the battle. But she said something very beautiful one day. She said, God called me to be here. And in God's kingdom, I don't get to be shy. And I don't get to be English. I get to be obedient. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So here's another thing that will purify your motives for loving God. And that's when you don't get your preferences. You don't always get your preferences. So your preference, let's say, is Afrikaans. And you're sitting here, say, listen, why are we preaching in English this morning? It's all, it's just going over my head. I don't understand a thing. <laughs> it will test why you are here. We had a guy in, in Swellendam, he was, a, he was an 18-year-old. He was in the church four years. I knew he couldn't understand Afrikaans, not a single word. But we preached in Afrikaans. And I, I asked him, his name was Michle. I asked him, Michle, why do you keep on coming? You know, I know you don't understand, understand the thing of what's being said. I said, I feel something different when I'm here. <laughs> I just want, just want to come. And I think God honors that. That a guy would say, listen, I'm actually here for you, God. I actually don't understand even <laughs> these people. I don't understand what they are saying. And yet, I cannot keep myself from coming. I want to be here. Because something happens in my heart. Then you're actually living for one person. You're not actually coming to be loved or to belong. You're actually coming to love one person. That's why why you come together. That's in the way that you come. God, God will test you in different ways. And sometimes He will hide. He will hide your gift. Sometimes you would say, I just feel like I have this amazing teaching gift. I just wish somebody would see it. Oh, this, this year, and this was me, an arrogant young man walking into Josh Chen. I remember thinking, I can preach better than all these guys. And then when they gave me the chance, I quivered and went to them, help me. I don't know what, what, I'm, what I'm doing. Please help me. And you know what God did? He, he, he put me, he um, made me hidden for a season. He uh, uh, the, the leaders felt, okay, we want to develop. We see that there is a teaching gift. I finally see my teaching gift. Will I get a chance to preach now? They were thinking actually to put you in youth ministry. Uh, it has waned a bit. There are five people. But you know what? Run with it. <laughs> and that was a season where I had to develop. And uh, you know what I realized in the process? I wasn't actually as good as I thought I was. I wasn't actually as good as I thought I was. And I used to make things way too difficult. And I still do when I, uh, I realize when I speak to Ezra, I try to, uh, I see, told this Greg, uh, to Greg earlier. Uh, in, the, in the evening we do Bible together. We read the Bible and I want to do it in a simple way, but still a theologically, you know, healthy way. 
And so I want to explain everything, and afterwards he goes, he, he, he stops me and says, how about die with me with the lacquer bark? <laughs> and then I realize, you know, good chat, you know. <laughs> Tomorrow night I will try again. And then he will say, no, Papa, get die with me so good, please. You please, please. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know. So God uses interesting ways to shape him. And everything can become a test. But remember who you are doing the test for. You're not trying to pass the test so that men would see you approved and say, okay, now you're ready. You're actually try, uh, saying, God, I will do this for you. I will endure difficult circumstances for you. Not so that other people will say, shoot, I don't think I would have been able to make it through that. Because then actually they're living for the applause of men again. Then you're not living for the audience of one. And so he continues. <laughs> Just on giving. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. That's the Pharisees. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Once again, that's the aim. That was, that, that was their aim. We want to be seen by others. We can give ourselves because we want to be seen by others. Um, and then he says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And their reward is people think that they are holy. But your reward that you get in the Father, from the Father in heaven is that you get to perceive him as holy. You get to honor him. You get to pray to him. And the point here when he says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in heaven. He actually says, listen, close the doors on the outside voices and those who might honor you for your high and lofty prayers. But actually go into your room and spend time with the father. Go into the secret place. Close the door. Go to a place where it is just you and the father and build relationships. Can I say the temptation for me? Sometimes uh, I, I know when, when, when I'm um, becoming spiritually corrupt is when I pray so that I would have something to pray when I, when I see people. So the only time I would pray is, oh, no, Jean-Louis and Celia are coming up. Uh, you know, so I have to have a prayer. And I know Lauren is going to be a kids uh, church worker today. So have a prayer, you know. And I know that I probably have to pray in worship. So I, when I do that, then I'm actually only preparing myself for the public, not filling myself up in the secret. And that's the point of what we're speaking about here today. You know, in our midst, we have people who pray without ceasing. And their desire is not to be seen. And I love it. They live to intercede for other people. They live to make their sacrifices unto God daily. That is beautiful. And the, the great thing is I've actually asked those people to come and pray in the public. And they just say, no, it's fine. Because they have their reward. Their reward is with the Father. And if they came and ga gave themselves publicly, it would be beautiful. But for me, it just communicates that heart that they say, I live for my Lord and only for Him. Not to be s applauded by men and not to congratulate myself and say, I pray daily every day i pray and i'm so full of the lord it's not about that for them 
It's about connecting with the Father. It's about being filled up in the secret place. And you would know when somebody spends a lot of time in the secret place. You could see it. They don't have to tell you. And can I say something interesting? Just a couple of verses ahead of, uh, ahead of this, prior to, <laughs> to this piece. There's an interesting piece where Jesus says, let your light shine before men. So that, that's an interesting, it almost seems like he's contradicting himself here. But here's the thing. He, he said, if you are filled in the secret place, wanneer die pijp vol is, en die kraan oopgedraai word, dan gaan daar water wees. Dit gaan sigbaar wees. The, when you put the light on, there will be light. But he's saying the point is not to be seen. The point is not to be seen. Don't make that your aim. Hoekom maak ons dit nie ons aim nie? Because today they honor me for my sacrifice, and tomorrow they maybe don't see it anymore. Or to, tomorrow, maybe they rebuke me for my sacrifice. <laughs> we don't do it for men. We don't do Christianity for men. This thing is built on a relationship with Christ where we live and give ourselves to the Lord first. And then, by the will of God, to men. And so our giving to other people is actually because we love our Lord. It's actually because we are devoted and given to Him. Amen. And then he speaks about fasting. Go to verse 8. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Janneke, wil jy so sit en sommer net gau die deel van Danai? Ja. Sit ek sit my rug, Janneke. Um, Danai was now here geweest. Sorry, I'll, I'll translate. Sorry for, for the English person. Uh, my daughter is in Portchestrum and it's very far from here. So, and it's terrible for a mother's heart. So, she was here for two weeks. And uh, one of the things that she asked if she would please like to speak to Johan and Loli about something that she spiritually um, is struggling with. So, I- during that um, conversation, um, we prayed for a place for her to to worship because there's no worship place crc is very heavy um infiltrated in portchestrum and there is no place for her to worship like she's worshiping here and um yes and we prayed on wednesday and we got the confirmation during the scores of the week that portchestrum is opening at josh jane so and she's already made contact with him so and yeah so the, she'll find a place to worship thank you god yeah that's awesome your Father in heaven knows exa- exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need. And we have this courage that uh, in Scripture it says that this is um, the confidence that we can have. That when we pray something that is within the will of God, that He will hear us. He will hear us. And so, oftentimes when we pray things like that, the Lord is very quick. He's speedily. <laughs> he comes through speedily. And, uh, and then we say, sure, I've, I've actually prayed for years that God would give me a Ferrari, and he still hasn't. <laughs> well, you've got your answer. It's actually, <laughs> it's not in his will. It's not in his will. But it is in his will that your daughter has a place of worship where she can give herself. And when you pray, who of you sometimes uh, have wondered if God does answer prayers? You can be honest. If you're wondering that, go home. I want to give you some homework. Pray this prayer. 
Lord, I want to ask you that in this week that you will reveal my weaknesses and my sins and the places where I do not honor you. He's very faithful. <laughs> if you're struggling with patience, suddenly your children would just drive you mad because they are so slow. Why are they the sl- slowest this morning? Then you have to, so this is personal, personal story. So then suddenly I have to, um, we have a sort of like a lift club. There's an extra um, uh, uh, toddler also driving home. She's even slower. And I'm like, Lord, you're, you're also <laughs> you've revealed, you're faithful. Now I want to ask you the following prayer. Please would you empower me, give me the grace to actually be patient and not yell at anybody or anybody else's child, but be slow to speak and quick to listen. <laughs> help me. Help me, Lord. He's also faithful to answer that prayer, by the way. Oh, but we're living for the master. We're living for him. And this is so beautiful what we sang this morning. We actually, we must hold this tension because Jesus is a lover. He's a lover of my soul. But he's also our master the king on the throne. We must hold that intention when we come to him. And sometimes we would go too much to the one side where Jesus is a lover and it just actually means I can do anything I want. And it's so good to be a son in the house, but Jesus has grace on every sin that I commit and ever will commit and I actually don't even have to repent anymore when we're leaning too much to the one side. But actually we can lean too much on the other side as well. You know, I grew up in a house where my dad was very uh, authoritarian. This is now an example. Um, very authoritarian. And so I've seen my dad as a master. And so it's for me, it's easy to see the Lord as master. But I quiver in fear every time I come to him. I cannot come freely to him. Then you're actually also in an unhealthy way. We must ask the Lord to hold these truths about who God is intention. That he is a lover. He says, my son and my daughter, come. But he's also a master who says, give me an account of your stewardship. We must hold these tensions of who our God is. Let's read this last part. Verse 10, please. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there he teaches his disciples how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also will forgive you also. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. We really can read over that very quickly. We read over that very quickly and say, I'm so glad that I can have communion and that I'm forgiven. That's true. Yandre, that what you said earlier, you know, I, I can't forgive you for that. <laughs> and actually that's, uh, that scripture says, the Lord will forgive you as you have forgiven. That's actually, as is gelijk aan teken. So is wat jy vergewe, is gelijk aan hoe jy gaan vergewe word. And when you fast, once again, this is a value that we've lost in the church. It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. So they had to, 
sekere goed gedoen, so dat mense sien, ok, dink daar en donder al, like die fariseers treerig, want dit is wanneer hulle vast, hulle like treerig, hulle daar is as op hulle, en hulle gooi hulle self, en hulle like hardseer, Jesus sê, Jesus, they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others, why? So that they might be seen as being holy, yeah, and sometimes you would say, ah, oh, these guys, they are just the worst, but we do the same, we do the same, we want to be seen, <laughs> it's desire, we, we want to be seen as holy, so when we come to a prayer meeting, for instance, shoo, we're prepped, eh? we have our verses, and we have, we're locked and loaded with teachings, and in up here, we will be doing the teaching, and I hope they listen this morning, because sure, I'm just a man of power for the hour, actually, we're just like these guys, actually, we must teach ourselves in prayer to say, Lord, I am a Pharisee, I love to be seen by men, and I love to congratulate myself for my holiness, but Lord, teach me to be your disciple, teach me to honor you as master, and do everything unto you and for you. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Thank you, uh, next verse, oh, there isn't a next verse, so the next verse there is a next verse, he, he just doesn't have the next verse. So it actually says that, uh, uh, says exactly the same verses that he said earlier about giving um, and about praying. When you do it in secret, your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. So guys, that's what we're living for. We're living for the master. We're living for his glory and for him alone. And I can't remember who said it. But, but he said, the world has yet to see a man fully consecrated to God. I hope to be that man. And that must be our desire as well. We aren't given to impress others. We, are, we, we don't pray so that others may say, oh, you're so holy. You're so good. Give ourselves for him. And can I also create, there's, there's also intention in this as well, because Paul says to Timothy, let your progress be known to all. So there is a place, let your progress be known to all. There is a place where people will recognize the grace on your life, will recognize that you will recognize growth, will recognize maturity and character. But what the, the most important part here is that I don't grow so that others will congratulate me. I don't build or mature in my character so that others will say, oh, there's nobody like you in the house. We do it for the audience of one. Okay. Let's close our eyes. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come and realign our hearts this morning, that you will come purify our motives, Lord that we do not do anything for anybody else but for you alone. Father, you, you even said when we do things um, for, for the poorest among you, it's like you're lending unto me. It's like you've done it unto me. And I ask that you will help us, Lord, to give, help us to pray, and even help us to deny ourselves of things that we need on a daily basis because we trust you. And because we do not live uh, for men, and we do not live 
for ourselves, but we live for you. We live for you alone, Lord. And maybe as we're sitting this morning uh, and you are like, you say, my, my mind and my heart has drifted from living and offering and giving and dying to myself for my Lord. And you actually want to say, Lord, help me to refocus. Help me to refocus again. Help me uh, to, be, uh, to put myself like that scripture that says, do not, um, do not hold on to the things of this world or do not be entrapped by the things that hinders you, but fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Maybe this morning that's you and you need to relook at Jesus again and say, Jesus, you're the master unto you, for you. Unto you be the glory, for you be the praise. Every sacrifice of my heart is for you. Maybe that's you this morning and you actually need to recommit your eyes to Jesus. I just felt that in this moment uh, where, where you would say, if that's you, where you say, I actually want to recommit my eyes to Jesus. I want to, again, look unto him and only him. Is there anybody here who says, that's me. I want to recommit my eyes and say, Lord, <laughs> I want to recommit my eyes. Here I, here I am. Here I am. Forgive me for becoming distracted. Forgive me for, for wandering in my heart. Forgive me, Lord. I actually want to recommit and say I'm here for you and for you alone. Help me to live out this reality that I'm living for one day that I would stand before the master face to face and hear this wor words, well done, my good and my faithful servant. Lord, prepare our hearts. Thank you for, for the people who have responded. We thank you. And we ask that you would keep on purifying our hearts and keep on showing us how quickly we become corrupt and how quickly we miss your ways. We ask that you would speak to us and that you would purify this bride you would prepare this bride because there's a day that the groom is returning, Lord. There's a day. And we ask by your mercy and by your grace that you would prepare us. That you would prepare us for that day. Thank you, Lord. And we ask that there will be anointing on the times that we spend in the secret with you. There will be anointing in those times where we close our door and spend time with you that there would be such a you speaking to us in those times when we open the Bible just to hear your voice and say, Lord, I have five minutes. Oh, help me to enjoy that five minutes with you. We pray a blessing over the secret place, Lord. Help us to be filled with your presence, to be filled to the overflowing. Just in this sense, also, I think I think I met him that day. Maybe he is here now, busy with you to talk, and I ask for your sanity in something. Maybe he is something that no one else can see. I ask that you yourself give it to me. Many times, every day, every day, I go here and I talk about something. And we are gorgeous and we are gorgeous.
selfs al sien nie, maar net nie. Hy is een groter vreugde as die man het sien nie. Amen. Ok, geniet die rest van julle dag.